Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 we're black, we're brown, ambition. I feel like I missed a step. Damn it, we're, we're, we're black, we're back, we're brown, ambition. You know what it is. Hey, Mandra. Hello. Our lives matter, <laughs> if you guys didn't get the memo. <laughs> yes, woo child. It has been. Not all. I realize it sounds like I said all. Not all. No. Yes, are. You're just saying are uh, as in black Our. <laughs> Listen, how yes. many folks have I had to correct? I can't believe that hashtag still lives on. But yeah, mm. how are you doing? It has been a week since our I last know. show, which was a, it was a doozy. It was a doozy. I'm feeling honestly much, much better and lighter because for two weeks it was definitely heavy, heavy, heavy. But yeah, much better and lighter just because I also see, I see movement. I see improvement. And so I think that's just giving me like, you know, just a little dose of um, hope and happiness. So I love that. I was feeling that way. I listened. I never really listened to our shows, but this one I actually forgot. It was just we were so emotional and so raw that I just could not remember what I said. And then people started it started to get very, a lot of traction. People were listening to it and I was getting messages. Thank you for saying X, Y, Z. And I'm like, what did I say on the show? Like, <laughs> people at my job were sharing it. And I'm like, oh, man. What did I say about my company? I know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but I did sound kind of upbeat and I did spend the weekend like Friday. It just felt like, oh, you know, just a collective sigh. And it really, it doesn't feel like days have any significance anymore. But Friday did feel like, thank God the week is over and let's just go into the weekend and try and restore. And I know for many people, they were out in the streets and they were marching and they were protesting. I still haven't gone out there, but I think I'm running out of... I'm running. I, I think I'm going to. I want to find a way to actually go out and protest in a way that is safe. But I see people out there with their kids, and it just feels like it's such a big moment that, yes, that there's lots of things you can do behind the scene, and marching isn't everything, but it also feels like the physical nature of it, like moving your legs toward hopefully a better future. It just seems significant, and I don't want to, I don't want to miss that. But I agree. Like, I, I heard myself on the show, and, and, I felt optimistic then and I was trying to articulate it. And it it feels sort of like when you have been carrying your groceries down the streets of Manhattan because you're, you know, 22 and you just moved here and you can't afford um, a a taxi and you're just lugging and you're like, why did I get that bottle of, you know, really heavy juice? And (laughs) and your arms are aching and then a lovely stranger comes and shares the load with you. That is kind of what it has felt like because – something's different in this time. It's just, it's the symphony of voices that are yes. around. It is, it sounds corny and cheesy, but I don't care. It is, it is all the voices lifting up 
people are sharing the pain. They may not understand it, but they're starting to empathize. They're, they're trying to empathize and they're stumbling along the way, but people are trying. And yes. this is it. This is, it feels like a turning point because it could never just be our voices. You know, it had to hit mainstream. You know, you know, what's so crazy is that I had normalized the abuse in my head, you know, like when I was thinking, like I was like, I, I think I mentioned last week how I said I was going to have, you know, like a white friend be the person for the, um, um, the, not the insurance adjuster, the, um, appraiser that was going to come to my house. And because I was afraid that I know historically black homes are, um, under appraised, which affects black wealth. And so I normalized things like that. Like, well, yeah, I'll just get a, you know, I'll just get a white friend to, to, to be me while, you know, so that way the appraiser thinks a white person lives here and it will give me a fair chance. There are, there are, um, adjustments that black folks make daily that you realize that you're, you're norm, you normalize the abuse of racism where you're just like, oh yeah, well, like someone said, like, for example, you go into a store and you don't touch anything unless you're going to buy it because hmm. you know that if you touch something, people, there's a very high likelihood someone's going to think that you're trying to steal. So you're only touching like what you're going to buy, like those types of things that you don't realize that you start to normalize that like other people don't have to navigate in that way. And so I think what, what all of this brought up for me was that like, wow, how much of these things I had normalized that should not be normal that I had let kind of like slide. So that's, there was this rage and this anger and this sadness and this frustration that built up because I realized like, wow, there's so many adjustments that I make because I know quote unquote, what I look like, you know, yeah. or what it would look like. Cause it's me. And so I think that's what a lot of people were also feeling too. It was the, the anger of what was happening externally, what you could see, but it was also the anger of what you realize that been, that has been happening to you for so many years. And you're just like, wait, mm. what is, is that how life has been? And so, um, yeah, it was just, like I said, and I feel in a much better space and place because I see some movement. I see some, it's so crazy because I, I, of the three founders of the Black Lives Matter movement, I know two of them really well, like Opal, that's my girl, and Patrice, that's my girl as well. I traveled with Patrice to Australia when she got the, well, when Black Lives Matter was awarded the Sydney Peace Prize and Opal and I have hung out a number of times. And so I just, so it's crazy to like see from their perspective, all the work that they've been doing and to see it come to fruition like this. It was just like, it's just been a crazy, um, just up and down and up and down. And, but to your point, Mandy, I, this time feels different because it's not just black voices that I'm seeing and hearing calling out for change, which is like so it feels so good that it's not just black voices. Right. I mean, and and the reason that we need more than black voices is part of the problem, too, because people don't really take things seriously often until they hear it from someone who looks like them. And most people in power don't look like us. So that is why it's so crucial. And I mean, and I give people a lot of credit. I mean, Here's the thing. My little brother was kind of going through this and he was we were talking about it. There's this, you know how you feel when all of a sudden people love your favorite artist, but they've been underground for a while and all of a sudden it's mainstream and you're a little bit like, oh, well, I knew her or, or him when, you know, they were just like on the street busking, you know, to make ends meet or whatever. I've been a fan for a long time. Among some people who have been vocal with the BLM movement, there is a sense of like, why now? You know, why, where were you 
you know, hundreds of deaths ago. You know, where were you at Trayvon Martin? Where were you at Sandra Bland? Where were you mm-hmm. at Philando Castile? You know, all these opportunities. Why? What? What makes this one different? And I really inc- and I and I understand it. I get it because and and we can we can feel the pain of that and we can feel the pain of the reality that yes, it took a goddamn pandemic killing hundreds of thousands of, not hundreds of thousands, but tens of thousands of Americans um, and more worldwide, hundreds of thousands worldwide. It took that for us to be unplugged from all the distractions, all the ways that we make ourselves feel better and to numb um, certain experiences and to ignore things that we don't want to look at. It, It took this. And I understand people who feel that way and maybe resent those of them who are jumping into the movement now who never posted about it before when it wasn't mainstream. But at the same time, there's such a huge opportunity here. I feel like that's the word I just keep repeating. Opportunity, opportunity. Use people's guilt that it took them so long to speak up it to, to the benefit of Black lives. So if you're part of a company right now who is scrambling to figure out, they posted the thing on social media, they sent the email out to their their company, but what's next? And I really encourage anyone who's working for a company or you own a business, if you're in a position where you can talk to someone in power who's wanting, people are wanting to figure out what they can do and what their contribution is, let's help them find a way. You know, tell your company, oh, here are the organizations where you can donate. Um, Here are links to the websites where you can educate yourself. Here is this bail fund. People may think that they need to donate to, you know, the big names, NAACP, ACLU, and that's very important. But there are local, you know, defense funds that are providing legal aid to people who are getting arrested, protesting, all sorts of things. And it doesn't have to be related to the... Um, although criminal justice is a huge piece of it, you know, if your company, um, you know, isn't necessarily tied to social causes, maybe there's something like some other way through your industry, you can help um, organizations that are working to fight against all the different ways that, you know, brown and black people are at a disadvantage in this country. And just try to hold back their resentment, I think, and humor, like, Give them a shot to try. Yeah, it took them a damn Mm -hmm. long time. And it should have been, it should have been decades ago, hundreds of years ago. I I know it should have been, but it's now. This is, this is it. Don't you feel that? Like, I feel that way. This is the moment. So ask for whatever the heck, ask for Mm -hmm. everything, ask for everything. That's how I feel. Um, That's, and and, and I just want to, I want to seize this moment. Um, And I've been thinking about what I know, Tiffany, you know, you talked a lot about last week wanting to lean into other business owners who are trying to figure out how to make a safe space and build a business that looks like yours, mostly black, largely female, um, Mm -hmm. and really lift up those business owners, which is, and I wanted to know, I know you talked about it last week, but, um, you know, how are you finding, like, do you feel the same way I do? And then how are you trying to seize this moment? I'm not putting you on the spot, but like I kind of am. Um, <laughs> no, I think honestly, I, I somebody actually reached out to me and I, I've already spoken to my team about what would that look like? Because I, I like simple and soon. I don't want to make it a whole. Amen to I don't you. Make it, Amen to you. <laughs> so I'm just like, they know those are my two favorite words. I'm like, how could we do? So I asked them, I said, if we could dedicate, because every, my team on Mondays, we have, we have a lead team, um, uh, calls twice a twice a, a week. Mondays is mental health check-in. So literally that call is literally just how you doing? How are the people on your team doing? What can we do to help? And then on Thursdays is when we have like the nitty gritty call where it's like, 
no, this is an issue, this is what we're fixing, this is what we're working on, that kind of stuff. So I thought, well, what if we could dedicate one Thursday call a month to a um, um, a brown um, female entrepreneur who, so here's the thing though, because I know somebody already emailed me, wait to email, because literally I'm just going to put it in a, in a, in a, a Google Doc, because I want to I want to create some sort of like criteria because what I don't want to do, I want to make sure because you're going to have access to one of the best digital marketers in the world, our CFO, one of the best content writers in the country, um, um, Tamara, who is the manager of our Literature Academy, that's an eight-figure year business, Karen, who runs everything, our COO, myself, like this is our lead team is six people strong and it's incredible. So um, as a result of that, I really want to help existing businesses. So not someone who's like, I've got an idea and I'm thinking, it's like, no, I don't know. We're, we're trying to figure out what that looks like. Like I've been in business for two years or I've been in business for three years. I You have to have some skin in the game. You have to already have some momentum going because it's, it's you really get to have access to folks who are at that neck, that are like next level. So I want to make sure that we're really, um, because the for the lighter stuff, like you could join the Literature Academy for the smaller stuff. Like I'm just starting a business. I want to start an LLC. These type of lighter things, you know, we have resources for that. But this is really for businesses that are that are already running and just need that extra edge. So that way, because the point is to help you grow, so that way you can create a bigger space and platform, so you can hire more folks that that need that safekeeping. You know, so. Um, yeah, I feel like for me, I've been really just asking myself, there's like a three-prong approach. I'm like, okay, how can I help? Because for me, whenever things get rough and tough, the thing I lean in on is my gifts and talents, which is teaching. So I always lead with that first. So I was like, okay, how can I how can I help with businesses? Okay, teaching. I can create a safe space where we can start to mentor once a month a new um, um, uh, business to the next level. Okay. Then what about like regular individual people? And I'm like, well, I kind of already do that with, um, with the budget Nista, but still I can have a more pointed, maybe like I already have kind of like a 10 step um, plan about how you reach something that I call financial wholeness. So I'm like, okay, I'm leaning into developing that plan. So folks can really like from, from budgeting to estate planning, really understand how do I get from one end of the financial spectrum to the next? I'm like, okay, good. And then, you know what I mean? So I'm always looking for like, well, how do I help regular everyday people? Then how do I help small businesses? And yeah, how, how can I just expand this region? When I tell you, and I know some of y'all listen, the an amount of production companies that have hit me up, um, that are like, Hey, we'd love to talk to you about your own show. And I, in the beginning, 10 years ago, Tiffany was like amped. And then five years ago, Tiffany was like, hey, I'm good. Um, and now Tiffany now is like, hmm, I, I'm, I'm open because I, I believe that there's a message that needs to be spread beyond just like the people that I normally talk to. I'm actually not looking forward to like being like well-known, you know, because it can be a lot. But I do think that there has to be another voice in this. If, if nothing else has taught me with them, all the shenanigans with that organization that shall not be named and, uh, and all oh, those other gonna, things that- We're going to talk about that. <laughs> right? So if I nothing else, <laughs> um, then um, it has taught me that there has to be a descending voice, you know, that 
speaks for the voiceless and teaches in a way that doesn't involve shame, that doesn't involve like antagonization, that doesn't involve all of those things that that teaches financial education, that democratizes financial education in a way that everyone can participate. And I'm like, Tiffany, if you have that opportunity, don't turn it down. So that's where I am right now, just trying to tap into extended ways that I can continue to serve because I've already served this population, but really just trying to amplify that. Love it. Why would you ever have turned down a TV show? Maybe you were having a little <laughs> bit of an imposter syndrome, but I'm going to need you to get your own. Get it. But, you know, I mean, well, like I said right now, we, there's a bunch of um, uh, production agency. I haven't, I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm still even navigating. What does that look like? Like, because, you know, I'm still trying to have, you know, super baby and like what I want to, I don't want, I want to make sure that like, you know, that's my, that's a priority for me. I don't want to put a show over that. So um, just understanding, like, what does a taping schedule look like? You know, and who's I already the, spoke to. Um, who's the talk show host who had a baby in like her late 40s? And she she was Tamron Hall. T- Tamron Hall. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like that I wouldn't want. I'll tell you that, that like from taping, from being the financial expert for the real, that daily show thing. Absolutely not. I'm not interested in that. It is. Uh, there's no way with all that I have going on. There's no space for that. I would prefer some sort of like reality, positive reality show where I really help to transform someone's life or family's life, a woman's life, whatever that looks like. But the show is taped in, like typically those type of shows are taping within two or three months. So you like dedicate like three months of your time, hardcore taping this show. And then you have other things you can go back to. I'm not interested in taping a show like where you go into the studio and you're taping all day long now because I've got 10,000 things that I still want to work on. So I'd much rather saying, okay, these three months out of my life is show, show, show. And then the show comes out and I can do the other things that I'm working on. So like I said, I'm, I'm open and I feel like I'm ready. I, when I saw myself, are we going to talk about, um, dun, da, 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 queer eye? Oh, did you want to talk about that? Is that like, we- <laughs> were you on queer eye? Did, did you guys see, I didn't, I, I, is that no. like a thing? Yes, we can talk about queer no. eye. I was thinking of you the right way to, to talk segue into story. it. Okay, but before yes. you get, okay, we all know you're fabulous. You're going to have your own TV show. But before you do, because I I put you on the spot, just real quick, just a couple ways that um, I've stepped out of my own comfort zone. One, uh, recently in response to like what's happening, I went to the uh, University of Georgia, which is the oldest black, pub, uh, not black, <laughs> I went, not at all, super not diverse. Anyway, the oldest public higher education institution in the state of Georgia and my alma mater had an amazing time there, but I never realized how many buildings on campus were named for, and this makes absolute perfect sense. It's a Southern college. It's been over hundreds of years. Of course, many institutions on the campus have been named after people who had not so great belief systems and potentially owned slaves and all kinds of whatnot. And there's been this movement for my journalism school to drop the name and the title of its school, which is Grady, and replace it with something else. And so I'm kind of, I accidentally stumbled into the um, the little group of uh, alumni who are trying to get the school renamed. And there's a petition going around and it feels small, but it feels like something, you know, like something. So I'm trying to give people ideas, you know, look at the street on your corner, look at the, the school down the street or a statue. I know people are looking at statues now. If there's symbols of belief systems that hurt Black Americans, hurt Americans of color, 
you have a voice and now is the time to challenge people to take them down. Literally, you know, you think of colleges naming places after people who give them billions of dollars, um, you know, and and that's why they're named that way. In this case, I, I asked the question, like, so why is this guy's name in my school? It's Henry W. Grady. Oh, he was like one of the trustees back in the day. He didn't give a dime to the school. So why are we like, you know, plastering mm-hmm. his name over everything? And 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 think critically and like ask these questions because maybe it's not, you know, changing, making sweeping legislative changes. That's what people on Congress are for. Of course, it's about voting. Of course, it's about raising your voice. But it's also about what I love about this movement now is people are realizing it's what can I do in my community? What can I do inside my family unit to have conversations, to challenge things, to challenge institutions that are local to me? And if everyone just did a little bit more of that, I mean, that's how the movement really happens. So Um, I just wanted to quickly, you know, mention that. And also, like I said, if you work for a company, I work for um, a company that put out a statement in support of Black Lives Matter. And for me, I'm asking, okay, so they're really excited to help. So like, what can we ask for next? And of course, it might be money, but it also might be, all right, if you acknowledge that you're not so diverse, what commitment can you make to improving that diversity instead of just sort of, sometimes people want to pat on the back for acknowledging the, dis- mm-hmm. the 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 discrepancy. Oh yeah, we know we're a bunch of white guys in the C-suite. It's all you know. We're gonna we're gonna get on that. But like, so what's the steps? You know, what are the steps? What are the actions? And I think right now, if you are a person of color uh, at a company and you feel in the past, like I talked about last week, you may not have felt so comfortable reminding people that you are black or Latino or whatever. But now is the time. Like they need our help and. Yes, it's annoying and it's it shouldn't be the way that that you we need to help them find a way to help. But it's also an opportunity. And I really just encourage everyone to start thinking small, like what can you do where you work, where you live to try and make things a little bit more equitable Um, and ask the people who are in a place of power to make commitments to something, not just lip service, you know, Um, and Mm -hmm. that's that's what I'm trying to do. And. I don't know. I'm on the alumni board for this college and I'm like, mm, am I going to get kicked off? I don't know. Whatever. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yes. That's the part that's kind of hard. I'm not going to lie. Speaking up there, I didn't, you know, when I spoke up against, like I said, the organization that shall not be named, I I didn't anticipate, I guess, some of the backlash, I guess, which is kind of crazy. I didn't. And maybe I did, but I didn't anticipate some of the backlash from some of the people that I got it from. You got you some know, backlash? Um, I did. I I left before I got to read most of it. Um, mm-hmm. because I I'm not in that I'm not in their um community online Facebook community anymore. Because I was like, well, why am I here? Um, okay. So, so but I, I'm producer hat is ahead. on. We have two huge budget nista talking points. We have <laughs> to talk about queer eye. We have to talk about the conference that shall not be named, but we kind of do need to name it because people yes. don't know what we're talking about. It's called FinCon, y'all. Yes, but we talked about it. Remember I talked about FinCon and how I, I put, we, we, we I talked about it. I told you the show last week is a blur. Did we talk about it? <laughs> well, we talked about it in general. We I, I talked about, well, not even in general. I talked about how I shared a, a tweet, why I tweeted, because the, the founder of FinCon tweeted um, some really disparaging remarks about like what's happening now. But quite honestly, he's been doing that. Not just now. Yes. Um, he's a huge supporter of literally the person that we do not name. That's 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 now lives on Black Matter, a uh, Black Lives Matter, um, 1600 Black <laughs> Black Lives Matter Plaza. Plaza. Yes. <laughs> the irony. So he's a huge supporter of that person, which whatever, that's, you know, whatever floats your boat. But some of his tweets, he's now since disabled his Twitter because God forbid someone should do the research. Some of his tweets have always been like a little, uh, okay. 
But um, so it came to light, some of his most recent tweets, especially about what's happening now. So people were really upset about it. They posted it in our um, our Facebook group and people were held, holding him to the fire. He deleted the post at first and then it was brought back and they were like, no, answer for these. And I, you know, went in and it was like, I, and what I saw, what I didn't like is that folks were like, well, it's just this one time tweet. I was like, no, let's show a history of behavior. And so I just shared how he'd offered me you know, like peanuts to do a keynote um, and then offered a white woman 10,000. Like he offered me 2,500, a white woman 10,000. And then he had paid a white man like two or three years prior, maybe even before 50,000. And so, you know, I posted that because I wanted to show a history of behavior. And so, of course, I, you know, I, because I, Mandy and I had talked about it. Remember me and Mandy, we talked about it offline before when I was asking, like, do you know what other folks have made? Because I wanted to just see like what's happening. Right. And a few other women and I want to I want to keep it really vague because I you know it's not my story to tell but a few other women reached out to me about their experiences about pay and things and it is egregious it's what some people were paid or offered egregious and um yeah so I I, I shared that and honestly not that I didn't think anything was going to happen but it it kind of blew up in the in the at least the personal finance space he ended up stepping down mm-hmm. as CEO which wasn't my intention and quite honestly if I'm going to be always transparent, I don't care. I've left that place. It's like, it's like, I've, yeah, I don't, you stepping down, whatever, like cute. I mean, I know to me, it's just for looks, but whatever. I I don't. Um, and so I've moved on. Um, but I'm, I'm, from what I've heard, there's been like a lot of, there, there are other things that he's done to other folks um, that have come to light once I shared that. People were like, and then, and then, and then, and then, you know, but by then I had left and um. So like I said, I'm not in the, the group anymore, but people were sending me screenshots of what some folks were saying. Something that he did that I didn't like, which I didn't even notice that he'd done, he he um, implied ever so lightly that maybe I was anti-Semitic. That's what it kind of read mm-hmm. like, which I didn't think so. Yeah, so there was one post where he said, hey, Tiffany, I didn't pay someone, this that guy more because he's Jewish and white. And I'm like, who's Jewish? I didn't even, and the way he, I didn't realize it wasn't until some folks in the FinCon community who were Jewish reached out and were upset. Like, hey, Tiffany, did you say anything about the guy who's paid more being Jewish? And that's why I was like, what? First of all, I didn't even know he was Jewish. Okay. <laughs> like, and second of all, I didn't, yeah, I had to literally post my tweet and even post my, my email response back to the offer. Like, I never once mentioned like that he's Jewish. And I thought, I thought, I found that very curious that he would use that language. You know what I mean? I mean, like, uh huh. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Ew. it just, Ew. yeah. Ew. Ew. Yes. Well, it came, what did, what's the expression? It came home to roost. You reap what you sow, mister. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, you don't want to relish, you don't want to relish anyone's downfall. I hope that this is another case of what happens when we talk to each other. And yes. it also is another case of you. And Tiffany, you did the work, you benchmarked your own damn speech. And you should have, and you should to fit because you know what you're worth, but it's also, okay, you want to be, you know, cognizant of someone's budget, but you need to know. And so many people don't know what they're worth. And and one part of that journey is asking others what yes. they've gotten for similar work. And it's just one of these awkward, you know, taboo subjects in this country. And unfortunately, what's most challenging if you're a person of color is you may not know people who have been there before you to give you that, to give you the benefit of knowledge. And that is another part of white privilege that people don't want to acknowledge. The fact that you may have an uncle or you may have a neighbor, um, you may have a friend's 
you know, father from the school that you attend. It's a, it's a fancy school. You know, you may have access to knowledge. It's not just about money. It's not just about healthcare, although those are huge issues as well. Um, it's about knowledge. And sometimes you have to work. And this is another, I'll say it again. This is, this is Brown Ambition. Brown Ambition is doing the extra work, not whining about the fact that you need to do it, but doing it because that is what it's going to take for you to get to where you're going. Um, And it's so necessary. And when you spoke, other people heard you. And I hope that this just encourages more people, not just women, but of course, women like talk to each other. Um, Ask, what did you get? Um, And especially if it's someone who's already kind of passed that mark, they, they shouldn't have a problem sharing that with you. And I encourage if you're not, this is one way to be an ally. If you're not sure of what to do or how you can contribute, reach out to someone a few steps behind you who's a person of color, woman or man, um, uh, or person in general, and offer them access to your knowledge, the benefit of your knowledge, because you may be underestimating Mm -hmm. the value of it. You know, because it's like literally, I remember Mandy, I reached out to you. I was like, Mandy, what do you think? I reached out to my agent, Ellie. Ellie, what have you heard? I reached out to a a number of women. I would say at least five different women I reached out to just to be sure that I wasn't bugging, Mm -hmm. you know? And then when I got like some numbers back, I was like, interesting. (laughs) Yeah. This is some, (laughs) because, you know, I didn't want to jump the gun, even though it intrinsically, I was like, hmm, 2,500 seems super low considering that literally local churches pay me more. Uh, but also, too, you, there are there have been huge platforms where I spoke where they didn't pay any speakers. Um, and then, you know, because I've asked around and I'm like, oh, OK, so this is one of those platforms. So yeah. I didn't want to jump the gun. And I was just like, you know, just in case, you know, I was mistaken, you know, to, to leave space for that. But to your point, Mandy, that it's so important to, you know, have the conversations is one to ask and two to reply to other folks about what's happening. I'm always sharing. I just was talking to a um, a, a friend of mine today who got just approached by a production company because they're all trying to gobble us all up for, for I guess, financial shows. And I was walking her through like what the steps are going to look like and like the do's, the don'ts, the expectation, all that stuff. Because, you know, Lynette, who we've had on the show, she put me on. I feel like it's so important to pass information on um, from one person to the next and not to hoard information because mm-hmm. in doing so you can just, it really just helps us to all grow collectively together. So, so yeah, but honestly, I feel really good. I mean, people have reached out to me like, are you okay? I'm like, sis, I was on Queer Eye, so I'm good. <laughs> Which we're going to take a quick break. You see how I make people wait until we come back from yes. a break? We're going to take a quick break. And then, I mean, we all know what the brown boost is going to be. Let's just talk about Tiffany on Queer Eye. Okay. We will be right back. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. 
Are we not taking questions today? People want questions. I don't care about don't questions think... right now. Um, <laughs> this, I was just singing the theme song for Queer Eye. Okay, so Queer Eye, that was the gift that I gave myself. Yes, this is Brown and Vision. We're back to the show. I'm taking over the segment because I'm going to interview Tiffany about Queer Eye, okay? Okay. So what happened was Tiffany and I are obviously not friends because she did not tell me about this. No, that's not true. Do you guys know what? Oh, oh Sorry. Tiffany, stay with me. Like me. That. No, because she had me laughing. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Throw your back out again. Um, so here's what happens when you get tapped on the shoulder for a, can you even call it a, a global television phenomenon? Because it's on Netflix. I mean, they yes. make you sign so many pieces of paper, yes. so much legalese that says, if you tell a single soul, we will take their firstborn child. And yes. <laughs> obviously she knew I was, okay. So of course, <laughs> Tiffany couldn't tell anybody except for her lovely husband. But Queer Eye, Queer Eye, which epitomizes like so much of what is good in the world right now. And it was the treat I gave myself this weekend. I tucked in, you know, with my nice fuzzy blanket and my puppy. And we sat down to watch a few episodes and- I really was in my feelings because they were in Philly this season and Philly obviously has a huge, just lots of black culture, lots of gentrification. It's, it's a city that's in the, in the midst of so much change and not just the city, but the, the state as well. And they told some unique black stories. There was a young woman who had a business that was on the rocks, like she, and all she needed was someone to tell her how. And it broke my heart because Without the access to knowledge, you can see how it was holding her back from her own dream and her own possibility. And then then we get to a young man named Tyreek who, oh, my God, just this human teddy bear of a man who, for reasons out of his control, born into tough circumstances, but pulled himself out, found himself to a good community and was getting back on his feet, but had some financial issues. And when I heard his story, I was like, Tiffany this guy needs Tiffany. Like if he just had a Tiffany, it would all be okay. And, you know, and he needs his, his auntie Ruth to love him again, but like, that's fine. But mostly he needs to figure out why his credit has been stolen. And then like a, the fairy godmother, bibbity, boppity, <laughs> boo, budget, Nisa was on my screen. Oh my God. And when I saw Tiffany, like, who are you talking about earlier? The, the founders of the Black Lives Matter movement and how, how incredible it is to see people who have done the work for so long succeed. And now... Queer Eye to me is like you could have won the new the Nobel Peace Prize, Tiffany. Oh, like it's just this show is just I'm I stand for it because I genuinely feel like if we just loved each other and looked at each other the way that these five beautiful men look at the people that they help, it's just the the intention of the show is so pure and I mm-hmm. I just I eat it up. It fills my soul and you also fill my soul because that is how you approach your work. And when those two things came together, it was just I could not take it. And to have to known you for as long as I have and to watch your career, people I got messages from people who were like, I just love the way you love Tiffany. Like Aww. I love how excited you are for your friend. And I'm like, <laughs> find you a friend who loves you like I love Tiff and wants to see you succeed. Y'all yes, need better friends. <laughs> Y'all need friends who want to see you rise. Yo, no, your your IG stories just just gave me all the life. I was like, oh, first of all, the fact that you were watching it and saying it like, oh, Enrique, you know, like Tiffany should be on here. Wait, is that, is that Tiffany? And then you literally were crying. <laughs> I was going to tweet them like, why didn't you call my girl Tiffany and have her on the show? (laughs) Not that I have any influence, but, oh, and I'm glad you didn't tell me because it was so, it was just, oh, to find out that way and be genuinely shocked and surprised. It was amazing. 
think. So because you know, well, the way it works, it was like a year. I had yes. taped almost a year prior. They were sweating and on this season. I could tell it was like what summer. it was because I was it was I was so. And then you know, of course, you signed your NDA, like you know, and. And then, because also too, you know, they want to protect the privacy of Tyreek, you know, before that comes out. And plus too, you know, they want, they, they tape, you know, so long in advance. And so I was so scared to say anything because I was, I was afraid that if anything came out, that they would just cut my segment. They had never done a financial segment of Queer. I didn't know that until recently. Yeah. And that was their first ever financial money segment or expert on Queer Eye. And so, and then, so after months, I forgot, because y'all know, if you've been listening to Brown and Bishop, you know I have the, the memory of an 80-year-old. So I literally totally forgot until it was just about to come out and they gave me like the flyer, which I added myself to the flyer. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the little boat at the back like, hey. Oh. Um, so they gave me the, they gave me the flyer to post. And by then I'd forgotten that, like, you know, that I hadn't told anyone. And so when it came out, it just, like, literally I woke up. It was uh, June 5th is when it came out. I woke up first thing in the morning and I watched the episode. And, of course, I'm boohooing over Tyreek. And then I'm nervous to see how do I show up because it's it's nerve-wracking when you're on camera. It's very difficult to maintain and be yourself when a camera is on. Mm-hmm. And for years, I've been practicing to do... I remember um, uh, Oprah did this interview where she talks about how Quincy Jones told her what made her so special and why he knew why she was going to do well is that she has the unique ability to be the same on and off camera. I think people take it for granted. When a camera turns on, 99.9% of people are not able to be the same person. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. And I remember when I heard Oprah say that, that that's what Quincy Jones said about her. I made it my mission. It was years ago. I made it my mission to to work on being the same person on and off camera. And most times I'm not. Like, I'm a little bit more nervous. I'm, you know, like I'm either super hyper Tiffany or super low key Tiffany, but never really just like my normal self. And for the first time ever, when I saw myself on Queer Eye, that's exactly me. Like, that's exactly like how, if if, if there was no camera, the way I spoke to um, Tariq is, is exactly how I show up like when I'm helping a dream catcher. And I was watching myself and I was like, wow, 10 years in the making, Tiffany, you finally did it. Like you are you, you know? And it just felt really, I don't know. It just felt really good. And it just felt, and I didn't, I didn't even recognize, I mean, I was thinking to myself, oh, okay, I did it. But then someone, so many people hit me up and said, you were so kind to Tariq. And I'm like, what? I didn't even see it that way. And I'm like, I, I didn't think I was kind. I was just doing what I would normally do. And you were so uplifting. And I'm like, well, how do people speak to people? Yeah. Well, if, I mean, you have to make yourself so vulnerable. You know, he was probably more nervous than you were. Yeah. Because people people look at their finances. And if you haven't seen this episode, yeah, episode four, season five, check it out. Netflix, steal someone's password. It's fine. Um, Tyreek. <laughs> You can tell that he was the kind of person who swept things under the rug. I mean, how yeah. many years? Like, he was 11 when he was moved from his home with his aunt slash mother, Ruth. And then he was in his mid-20s. So over a decade he spent not yeah. talking to this woman. And his finances were probably similar. He's like, oh, I tried to go to a bank, you know, a few years ago. And they yeah. told me that someone stole my social. And then, you know, so and and people are so embarrassed often and afraid to acknowledge what they've done wrong because they feel like they're going to be judged. And yeah. they feel like they're going to hear, oh, well, you deserve what you get. You know, you're supposed to have. But and then it, it, in that shame, it's about shame. You know, it's about yes. shame and it's about releasing what you what you do, and what your power is and what Oprah's power is, too, because she's talked to so many people who have so much shame about their circumstances. Yeah. You put them at ease because you, you relieve them of it, you know? 
Well, also too, I just wanted him to know that you're not alone. You know that, like, like that's when mm-hmm. I when I was like, I've been on paychecks, okay, like uh, not paychecks, check, um, systems. check systems, yeah, How like do you and have I... check systems mentioned in Queer Eye. I just <laughs> love it. I mean, when, when? Tell me when that's ever been mentioned. Yes, girl, check your bank account, crazy. <laughs> right, and so I just it was. I mean, and, there, and it was so crazy because like you guys see me give him like a paper where I talk because beforehand they they kind of gave me like his background. So I wanted to create a specialized plan for him that was not for TV, that it was like, this is what I want you to do. So I really, I typed out like, okay, step one, step two, step three, I want you to be okay. And so um, we were like wrapping up taping and I was like, okay, Tariq, you know, no, now the, the, the cameras and things are, are going to be off, but I, I want to share this with you because I really want you to be okay beyond this. And so they're like, wait, what's that? It was like uh, a plan I typed up for him. They're like, let's get it on camera. And that's what, that's what, because we talked for a while. So that's what showed up. And I just thought, it's so incredible, like that, that honest interaction, like that wasn't meant for, you know, I didn't bring that for TV. That wasn't, you know, we had already kind of talked about how the scene was going to go. And that wasn't for that. That was like, I wanted, I wanted him to have something to go home with. And I, and I literally was like, step one, do this. Step two, call this person. Step three, you know, because I knew that he needed that handholding. And so, and for those of you who are asking, because uh, when you're watching, you see, I tell him there's a 36, a 36 um, day mm-hmm. course. Honestly, it's just my, y- y'all been hearing me talk about my literature challenge for the longest. It's free. I mean, it, it, I gave it to him, but I mean, it's literally just the Live Richer Challenge. If you go to livericherchallenge.com, there's five challenges. You can take take one at a time because it's an email course, so it gets, it emails you daily. But the one that I suggested for him was the fundamentals. That's the very first one I ever wrote. But yeah, so it's free because people were messaging me like, I wish I had a 36 day. I'm like, you do. Live Richer <laughs> Challenge. It's like, it's I wrote it in 2014. And so, yeah, it's just, it was just... I don't usually give myself a lot of space and grace, but I was like, Tiffany, I'm really proud of you. You did a really good job and you helped someone. And um, I'm trying to like reconnect because I, I, the way it is, obviously they're not going to give me his contact information. Um, So, but I've definitely sent it. Like when I saw it come out, I reached back out to the producer to say, please, you know, re-give him my contact information so we can make sure that he is, um, he's okay. Because it's, you know... You know, 30 minutes with someone is not enough. You really need some handholding. And, and I don't mind doing that for him. And so much of it, what he was going through is probably tied up in, you know, and, and people, the psychology of money is real, y'all. And yeah. you need follow up. It's the same. It's so similar to when you're trying to lose weight and you get, so you get weight loss surgery, like people in my family have gotten. And it's not, a, it's about that surgery. It's not like, and that's what kind of happens on Queer Eye. And I, I mean, I love the show. They do spend a week with people and they really pour into them and they tailor yeah. The makeover, and I don't mean to say makeover like it's a you know splash of lipstick and a new outfit. They really work on the inside and the out. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's a week, and they give you know they gave Tyreek this beautiful, stunning makeover of his apartment that he finally had had for the first time. But he was still working. I mean, you can tell he's on the fringe. You know, he was homeless yeah. for a lot for many years, and those type of people are very vulnerable. I mean. Sometimes you don't even know what to do with that kind of good fortune. And you may start to, you may start to feel guilty about it. You may not think you're worthy of it. I mean, and I, I I just feel like, and it's not just about Tyreek, although of course he's hot, he's fresh on my mind, but it's about, it's about reaching out to those people and following up and seeing and, 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 and acknowledging that they're going to need, you know, that follow-up. And I hope I got really invested in his story and then you turned up and then I was like, okay, (laughs) I like need to know everything about him and 
follow him everywhere. Um, Sidebar, Mandy was a guest on um, my IG Live and everyone was like, I did not know, including my sister. She's like, you did not tell me that Mandy was hilarious. I'm like, you didn't know? <laughs> I to say black. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because I get that no. too. Listen. <laughs> no, you are, I mean, I've, obviously I've known you're hilarious, but I'm just so used to you being like hilarious that I'm like, yeah. She's like, yeah, but she's like, I've never, you know, like I've heard Mandy on the podcast and stuff like this, but I've never seen like Mandy in action. I'm like, what? Everybody thinks that I'm like the crazy silly one. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no. We're going to have Mandy on, I get my on IG more often. <laughs> she I like to throw hilarious. Tiffany off her game. That's because I don't know any rules. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do. I made the same commitment to be myself um, whenever I'm, because it's too exhausting to try and be any, you know, I see like people on IG and they, and I did it too. I was watching some of my, I used to host a web series at, at Yahoo Finance and I watched some of my old videos and I'm like, look at you trying to be Katie Kirk, girl. You're Aww. not Katie Kirk. <laughs> You're not Katie Kirk. Like, that's not who you are. She's fabulous, but there's only one you. And I, yeah. And also when you're too tired to try which is, you know, the last six months of my life, it really just reveals just who you are inside. So I'm glad you guys like it. Yeah. And we're going to teach you how to stay, to pull back from the um from the phone, Grandma. I'm like, look at Mandy, face all up in the phone like somebody's grandma. I was like, you can tell Mandy don't never go on. No. Uh, 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 uh. My face was all up in the phone because I don't have a studio where I have the lighting and my face beat and, you know, the nice background. You were going to literally see my bed that wasn't made. So I had to fill the, I had to fill the screen with my hair. With your hair? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. So you're welcome yeah. for that. I just feel like this just gets like so much better. I mean, when you when you were like, we should try a podcast. I was like, oh, that new thing that folks are doing? Who would have known? Like five years later, we'd be still going strong and consistent. And um, who else? Just, honestly, just Who amazing, else could I have honestly. done it with? I just, I was a genius. I was. <laughs> you were. Because I it tricked was, you into doing it. Was, <laughs> it was perfect timing. I was like, um, okay. <laughs> well, I know. I feel like, it's, but and it's it's a, it's just another platform, you know, and it's another way to reach people. And it just, um, yeah, it fills me up, and it, and it sounds like it fills a lot of you guys up too, and that that brings me joy. And I, you know, we're benefiting from this whole. I'm like, yeah, y'all want some brown podcast to shout out? Thank y'all for sharing our podcast. We've been tagged <laughs> in lots and lots and lots of posts. Yes, I love Keep it. it up. Keep it up. Um, and challenge people. You know, like, oh, you really want to support us? Can you shout us out? You know, I'm I'm saying like people want to support. They want to reach and see who they know. You know, who represents a, a voice that's not often heard. And you know, tell them about yours. Tell them about ours. This is the moment mm -hmm. to to call people out. How do we get off back onto me? Tiffany, congratulations on Queer Eye. What is next? Will you be on every other season? I mean, I are they going to add a financial segment? Because what could be more important to people's livelihoods than their finances? I know. I mean, low-key, they wanted me to do another episode, but it was family night. Y'all know I was doing Well, I don't know if I told y'all that. I would, every other Wednesday, we were doing like um family night. So that way... Um, myself, Supergirl, Supermom, her mom, my husband, Superman, that we could all like have dinner together because I really wanted Supergirl to know that we're all one family despite us moving and, and being in a new house. Um, so it was that night and I was like, I could take literally any other time. And they were like, no, that's the only time. And I had to make a decision. Wow. Do I forego family night? I know. Raise your hand I, and if I you would have foregone family night. I'm not gonna lie. I I I, I did at first. No, I did at first, and I was like, I you know, I told them, I'm like, I'll be there. And then I just thought about it. I'm like, girl, what are you really saying? Like, what's important? You know, like, what are you really saying? 
You're saying, because here's the thing, opportunities will always be there for you, Tiffany, because you do the work. But, you know, these are, this is an opportunity as well. Superman mom had switched around her work schedule to, to, for us to meet, you know, cause I, of course I asked, I was like, you know, can we do a different day? And she was like, no, you know, I, I already told my, my job that I want to have these Wednesdays off. And so I just, I told them, I was like, literally any other day, I will cancel everything, but this Wednesday evening I cannot. And they were like, it's the only time we're taping. So it didn't happen, but hopefully they will have more, um, segments, you know, hopefully, like I said, I, I am open now more than ever to a positive show. Um, I'm not, I'm not one for, um, you know, I'm not here to make anyone feel bad. I'm not here to spread any negativity. I believe that like, I'm the love child of, a. uh, uh, Mr. Rogers and Harriet Tubman. So, you know, like you gonna get free with mm. love and kindness. <laughs> and so, um, yes, I'm open to that. I think like that's really the next step is that I feel it, you know, I'm just like, I'm not going to fight it anymore. I'm like, you know, if it's, if it's in the cards, I feel like there needs to be a, a new voice being heard and, and, and some new things being said, you know, because we can't just focus on debt freedom. We can't just focus on like what, you know what I mean? Like there, there has to be an effort to growing wealth in the black and brown communities. When I, here's the statistics that said the black community in the United States will be collectively bankrupt by 2050. I mean, that's crazy. And I'm like, there has to be a descending voice that says, no, that's not going to be true. And here's why. Um, yeah. And why so not I'm you? open to it. Ex- exactly. exactly. If not you, then who? <laughs> <laughs> Who and it's not just. I mean, obviously you're the budgetista and you have such a big reach. But if you have knowledge, you've learned from our you've learned from our show about investing and building your wealth. Take that to someone else. You know, tell a friend yes. to tell a friend, and you know that's how live. That's how budgetista grew. That's how the, the dreamcatchers grew. Uh, mm-hmm. It's about reaching behind you and pulling them up before you. And yes, for people of color, unfortunately. That's part of the burden that we carry. You know, you make it and then you want you 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 want to turn around and help people before you. I mean, you have to put your own life vest on first, take care of yourself, but also acknowledge that maybe now people will help, but um often it's it's us who help each other and it and it and that's yes. a beautiful it's a beautiful thing. And it again it's the it's the knowledge, it's the it's the the passing down of knowledge. Um that is and to so, whom so much important. is given, much is required, you know, like yeah. if you are fortunate to know a thing, you know, and also to this is one. The, here's the blessing in teaching. You know, when you teach, you learn twice. So the more you actually show somebody how to budget, how to save, how to invest, how to, you are literally reinforcing that knowledge into yourself. So I, I, I mean, I have t- taught budgeting thousands of times. That's why I can budget with my eyes closed, because every time I teach someone, I am reteaching myself. I'm reconfirming that information in me. So if there's a there is there are there's benefit to also showing someone how to do something. So just know that that there's a blessing in that too. That like, yeah, when you teach, when you teach, you learn twice. Absolutely. And the last and really important thing is there is enough for everybody. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm able to treat Tiffany's victories as if they like if I was on Queer Eye in a fabulous blue pantsuit with a wrist full of <laughs> green literature bank, uh, budgetista bangles, <laughs> is that there's room for all of us to succeed. And and I think what you see and why, and especially why you see the proliferation of that goddamn hashtag, our, all lives matter, is people are worried that if we win, if you win, if someone else wins, it means that you have to lose. And that is so not true. It's a scarcity mm-hmm. mindset that needs to be broken down. And we need to prove, we need to show that if you lift us up, 
imagine what more we can all do, you know? And it's, again, it sounds cliche and it sounds corny, but that is the God's honest truth. And you need to believe that about yourself too and the people around you. You know, don't hoard your information. Don't hoard what you've been given. Give, be generous with your knowledge, be generous with your love, be generous with your whatever you have to a certain extent Mm -hmm. um, because it has a way of attracting it back to you. And I I believe that emphatically, emphatically. And um, I, I just hope everyone starts to feel that way. Yes. And I want to shout out to Superman for not coming in in the room. He was like, I'm making salmon burgers. He said, if you leave the door open, I'll just come in. I'm like, bruh. Ooh, a salmon burger. Yum. <laughs> but come I was through with like, a salmon burger. I was like, no. Remember, when I tell you my podcast, every creek matters. He's like, got it. <laughs> Five years later. Five years later. <laughs> well, you're right. Just, the whole damn show has uh, pretty much gone without by. Superman opening the door. <laughs> what do, what do yeah, we do no. now? We're sorry for not taking questions. It's mm-hmm. all my fault. It's my fault we didn't do questions. We'll do the next week. We'll do double <laughs> questions next week. <laughs> yes, we will. We'll do double questions because you guys yeah. have some awesome questions. And so you can you can tweet us. Honestly, I love when you tweet us. And I love when you tag both me and Mandy as well. So Brown Ambition Podcast, on, not tweet us, um, Instagram us, Brown Ambition Podcast on Instagram. But I love when you also tag Mandy with an I, money, and the budgetista. So when you tag all three, it means we can all see it. Yeah. And I love it because I love reposting it and being like, yay. And I honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I love seeing our our podcast um, uh, cover picture. I'm like, look at me and Mandy looking so cute with our little purple and blue. We just honestly, that was a day. I'm like, oh, Mandy, Mandy's sitting on this picture. I know. So um, I wish I could just Photoshop my my now hair on it. <laughs> oh, your big hair, big hair don't care. Homegirl was a different person five years ago than she is now. But it's fun to look back. <laughs> and I'm just like, damn, we should have done a new, a new picture this year. Maybe for our five year anniversary, we can. Maybe we'll just take pictures in different places and then Photoshop them together. <laughs> we can let's do that. make uh let's make technology work to our favor. Okay, you said you came with the whole list. I don't feel like we even got to your list um, of what to talk oh, about. No. no, no, that's okay. Honestly, we we got to most of it. There, but there is one I would say. If you're looking for something to like, kind of be on or look at, there's this really great IG uh, page, Wordy um, period talk, W-O-R-D-Y period talk, T-A-L-K. It's a young sister. And when I tell you, Mandy, not only is she sharp, bright, and intelligent, so she... It's just a great space, especially if you're an ally, to learn some of the quote-unquote facts you've been told about Black folks, especially in America, are lies.com. She breaks down exactly how they are lies with the facts, with the true facts, but she does so in such a way she is hilarious. She is hilarious. She is funny. But she's also really informative. And I just encourage everyone to follow Wordy. I don't, I don't know her personally, but I, I saw one of her videos went viral. And when I tell you I was like rolling laughing, but I was also like, wow, that's so true. So W-O-R-D-Y dot talk, T-A-L-K. Um, that's her IG. And she's amazing. I, I encourage everyone who wants to learn about some of the systematic ways that um, African-Americans have been um, just devalued um, in understanding like the, like how and why and how some of the things you've been told, like black on black crime, how that's a lie. And some of these other things that you've been told about, um, black America. Yeah. She really breaks them down and shows like why these things are just not true. And some of the, some of these things are intentionally false to create this negative narrative that has, that has made it, um, okay to see dead black bodies on our timelines when you don't see anybody else that that being so. So um, yeah, wordy talk, hilarious, funny, and informative. I love it. That's five. Okay, I just followed her just now. 
I'm ready to <laughs> learn too. I've learned stuff that I don't know about. I learned that on my alma mater, they built one of our campus buildings on the graves of slaves and only discovered it when they went to renovate the building. I mean, I'm still learning to this day, just, and it's also something that I think for, and I'm not even, I'm not even going to pretend like I've been an outspoken BLM activist, like, like, like your friends have been and out there every day, you know, you get caught up in, okay, I got to, I got to put food on the table. I've got to make a life for myself. And sometimes if you spend every day drowning in like the, the injustices, you will never move forward. It's such a balance, but the good thing now is that we don't have to share the burden alone. And I'm, I'm heartened by that. And I really encourage you guys to check out our show notes because there are some great resources there for yourself to, to do more and contribute to the movement and also resources you can send instead of, you know, hopping on the phone with friends. You know, we talk about what it's like to be the only black friend, hop on the phone and, you know, or text them and be like, here are some great resources. You can educate yourself. Let's do it together. Um, It's, it's really beautiful. And I don't mean to sound like Pollyanna, but (laughs) <laughs> I think we just need a little, a little bit of optimism. You know, we just need a little budgeting stone queer eye. That's what we needed. Oh, thank you. Best wishes to you, my love. And I hope that <laughs> when you launch um, your, I don't know, is TV even a thing anymore? Your Hulu or your Netflix? I know, whatever that looks like, right? So mm-hmm. exciting. So exciting. And you I'm gonna shout out Brown Ambition. I'm gonna be like, Brown Ambition. <laughs> take, take, take us with you. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you can't get rid of me. I'm hit. I'm, I'm attached. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. Oh, All right, y'all. Be yeah. well. Take care of yourselves. Um, Take heart in the fact that people are helping share the load now. You don't have to do it all on your own. We're here for you. Reach out to us, mm-hmm. Brand Ambition Podcast. You can also shoot us an email, brandambitionpodcast at gmail.com. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.